Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have had moments of wonder and amazement in my life, standing in the presence of the awesome, overwhelmed by something much, much larger than myself. Driving through the desert of New Mexico the first time, land without buildings or people stretching as far as I could see, a vast, brilliant blue sky overhead filled with those Georgia O'Keeffe clouds, bright white, giant, uninterrupted. I wanted to pull my car over, press myself against the ground in awe and worship, aware of my littleness in that vastness. Then a few years later, standing on a section of the Great Wall of China built hundreds of years ago by hand, no modern equipment, 13,000 miles long, I looked down the length that stretched as far as I could see people all along the way growing smaller and smaller ant-sized on a massive structure that was here long before I was born and would remain centuries after my death. And just as when I was in the desert, I became keenly aware of my littleness and the vastness of the earth and of human history. I felt this way too in the midst of a concert hall surrounded by a violently beautiful Tchaikovsky symphony. The time I was caught in a wildfire in South Africa. The first time I rounded through a doorway at the Art Institute of Chicago and came face to face with sky above clouds, Georgia O'Keeffe's massive painting, eight feet tall, 24 feet wide, that hangs above the stairs. In the face of these large, spectacular, overwhelming works, some wrought by nature, others designed and made by human hands, I have felt my place, known suddenly that I'm not the center of the universe. I know you know what I mean. Perhaps your experiences are different. Looking at your child and feeling an oceanic, fierce parent love. Or maybe falling in love and realizing that life depends as much on the beloved as on yourself. Certainly, I think we all felt our small size in the face of a pandemic that made clear that there are things out of our control. Whatever experience of the overwhelming, the awe-inspiring, the amazement that reveals instantly to us how tiny, even insignificant we are, well, that's a fraction of the experience that the prophet Isaiah recounts as he tells his vision of God in his throne room, surrounded by seraphs, where just the hem of God's garment fills the temple entirely. The angels cry day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The same words we sing when we bow at every Eucharist. The walls are shaking. 
The temple is filled with smoke and Isaiah is suddenly very clear about his position. Woe is me, I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In the face of the Almighty, Isaiah becomes intensely aware of his own insignificance, his sinfulness. After all, in the presence of God, even angels use two of their six wings to cover their eyes. For who dares look at God? Scripture is shot through with this overwhelm and amazement, being awestruck of one's unworthiness before God. Moses removes his shoes before the burning bush because he's standing on holy ground. And then when God calls him to lead God's people, the first thing Moses says is, who am I? We see this hundreds of years later when after a miraculous catch of fish directed by Jesus, Peter, suddenly realizing who Jesus is, feels his own unworthiness and he kneels begging, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. At the transfiguration, the disciples fall to their knees as Jesus shines like the sun surrounded by Moses and Elijah. Before the holy, we are right to kneel. Before the awesome, it is right to feel one's smallness. Before the Lord, it is right to realize one's very lips are unclean, to even wish that the one so beautiful so powerful, holy, and awesome, might just leave us be, not look too closely at us. This is, I believe, what is known as fear of the Lord, which is not fear that the Lord will harm you, but a recognition of the greatness of God. Our language fails before this greatness. I'm forced to use words like awesome and amazing, which barely do justice to the Grand Canyon or to love or to great art, much less to the creator of all things, the glorious Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mystery beyond our knowing. Scripture points to this, of course, as we see in Isaiah, as we hear throughout the Psalms, including our Psalm today, that points to God's strength and glory. The voice of the Lord is powerful, full of majesty, breaks cedars, shakes wilderness, and that's just God's voice. Trying to comprehend the greatness of God is impossible, though we dedicate one Sunday a year in our tradition to this great mystery, this Sunday, Trinity Sunday. In years past, I've taken a crack at trying to explain the Trinity, usually pretty poorly for it is a great mystery. Not unknowable, but infinitely knowable. We will never get to the end of the mystery of God and nor can we ever truly comprehend God. That is the awesomeness of the Lord before which we rightly bow, before which we rightly call out, woe is me, I am lost, a person of unclean lips. Just as we feel our small size in the face of a violent tornado or before the Grand Canyon or the ocean, when we look at massive achievements from the Great Wall to the Taj Mahal, 
when we consider heroic feats like D-Day or landing the rover on Mars, so do we feel that small size when we are before the glory of God. And yet, and yet there's a difference. You see, there's an end to all these other awe-inspiring events and creations. Even if we can't see their borders, we can imagine or fathom them. But there is no end to God. Our mind cannot see nor fully imagine nor fathom the Holy One. And perhaps there's an even more important difference to recognize as we ponder the incomprehensible, adorable Trinity this day. The Great Wall of China, the Grand Canyon, a great work of art will always be awesome. It will always overwhelm you, but it will never stoop to love you, to be as close to you as your own breath, counting the very number of hairs on your head. Only our great God, the Father, loves us enough to adopt us as children. Only our great God, the Son, before whom we rightly tremble, humbles himself to join us in our littleness. Only our great God, the Holy Spirit, leads us to realize that we can cry out to God, not woe is me, but Abba, Papa, Father. God is awesome, but God is not distant. God is judge and God is love, God is infinite, beyond our powers of comprehension, and God joined us in human flesh. To me, these are the mysteries of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God made up of three loving persons, a relationship of three in one who seeks relationship with us. Infinite, as close as our own breath. This is impossible to comprehend, but beloved, it's not impossible to feel. As we return to worshiping together in person, I think we might find that church is the place where we feel the deep mystery of the Trinity, the transcendence of a haunting anthem by our choir, incense wafting through shafts of sunlight, soaring roof, beautiful building, the mysteries of the altar, and stained glass, archangels, and now a queen of heaven drawing our eyes ever upward, a sense of the holy so palpable that we must kneel. But there, we also feel God close, imminent, our own breath as we sing hymns together and pass the peace as a piece of soft bread body of Christ is placed into our hands. It is in that place that we can hold together the truths of our faith, the awesomeness of the God we love and serve before whom we fall on our knees and the love of God, as close as our friend in the pews, as vulnerable as bread in our hands. God is a mystery, awesome and loving.
we are amazed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.